Um, George Joestar, the story of George Joestar. Am I right? Yeah. One thing made me realize something about Joji that I need to I need to figure out. I mean, that was me starting the episode. So yeah, what's up? Uh, no, I uh. Um, I haven't read your notes. No, okay, we'll, we'll we'll get we'll get to it. I'll bring it up when it comes up. What were you? Why are you talking about Joji then? This um, isn't a Joji chapter. This is chapter eleven. George Joestar chapter. Gremlins. Because I'm a confused boy. Oh, why? Timelines. Let's just go. Who, who, do you want to start? or Should I start? I'll oh, start. uh, no. I was gonna say we we started recording. Hello, hello, everyone. Um. I haven't read the whole thing, so I've read like 25%, so basically at a certain point I'm going to be in the same shoes as you, and I'm going to be hearing this for the first time and losing my mind live. (laughs) Yeah, so actually you start, because I started last time. Oh, okay. So, the chapter opens with George reflecting on word... Let me start, because you started last time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the chat the chapter opens with george reflecting on word having reached him that people were seeing strange beings during their flights in in his little plane club <laughs> it's plane club it's fly club fly boys the royal arrow club yeah uh they describe the creatures as small skinny people with no eyes uh they also say they have like really long claws and shit and teeth Ooh. uh but it vaguely matches the appearance of Fer- of what Faraday saw instead of Tsukumojiku. So he's like, maybe it's Tsukumojiku or other things? Similar. Uh, these stories circled around George until a member of the Royal Arrow Club, Jim Graham, approached him stating that, that one had affected his plane, loosening screws around the engine in an attempt to sabotage the plane during flight. He states that the creature was about 50 centimeters tall, much shorter than he imagined. I don't think Tsukumojuku that short. I'm upset that you haven't finished this chapter because you're going to lose your fucking mind. It better not actually be Tsukumojuku. <laughs> the being didn't show up to Graham again, but George okay. wanted to prove that it existed before being rid of it, so he begins carrying a camera in his cockpit. Before this could happen, though, George was taking a photo of a club member's stunt and saw a second plane in the shot up in the clouds. It was Stephen Motorizes Motorizing, a plane that had never been fully built when George hung out with the Motorizes, but only conceptualized. Stephen Motorize was unknown in the flight scene in France, where he was currently located, so George figures he must be flying in secret. He visits the Motorized estate for the first time in five years to discuss this with Darlington. Remember Darlington? She's all grown up now. Yeah, Pog. Pog. Uh, Darlington's now running the Motorized estate and the whole business. Uh, because her dad's depressed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that happens. Um, <laughs> sure does. And she tells George that he finally has a backbone now. And so when he when when he confronts her about Steven, he's, she's like, you finally aren't a bitch anymore. <laughs> and George is like, yeah, that means that I'm right. Uh, after thinking for a bit... Darlington asks George if he thinks it's possible for the dead to come back to life. George says it's not impossible, 
Or no, he says it's not possible, but he also monologues that it, he, it's definitely real. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Darlington reveals that her father, Ben, and Stephen are trying to bring Kenton back from the dead. Darlington discusses how the investigation, the, how they're investigating a folk religion called Voodoo or Voodoo. I think it's supposed to be Voodoo. Yeah, I think it's like a more proper pronunci- attempt to pronounce Voodoo. Uh, and also South American cultures with concepts of the dead returning to life and ruling over the living. Yeah, and George is like, I don't know, that sounds kind of wacky. And Donington's like, yeah, but my dad visited your estate when he was a kid once, and he saw <laughs> the mask that the uh, South American cultures used to turn their king into, like, an undead, a powerful man. And she's like, yeah, and your your granddad brought the place to arrest Dio, and they all got ripped the fuck apart before the fire even started at the house. And that seemed to be due to supernatural power, and also a whole town... <laughs> Yeah, got turned into zombies in a single night. I, I, I didn't, I didn't uh, expect them to bring up that that town in part one. I, I kind of forget how that just has to keep existing, huh? Yeah, when no one, lot. no one dealt with that. Um, this brings up um the thing I was confused about, and maybe someone with a better brain can explain it to me. So. In Joji's part, we have cars now. Cars is we we've met cars, uh huh, and we've learned that in the past, from jo- in Joji's timeline, in the past, um, Joseph beat cars. Yeah, but Joji's real name is George. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't Joji be Joseph's dad? No. No? No. Because George is Joseph's dad. Right, but that's a whole different universe. Like... Sure. It's... Joji is Joseph Joestar's great-grandson. That is explained. That's just how it is. Oh, that's just the thing? Okay. Yeah, that is said. That was said. Cars said that. We just didn't talk about it in the episode. Yeah, because we get some... And it's still coming up, but we're going to be getting some recap. And I started to think about, like, it goes, George has Jonathan, and Jonathan has George, and then George has Joseph. Mm -hmm. And I was like, George is Joji. Shouldn't Joji be like, yo, my son killed you, bro? No, different, different, different dudes. Okay, 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 okay. I was confused. Okay, it's your turn. Uh, Buh, 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 buh. Yeah, that's the right place. Ben Motorized had managed to get the survivors, Poco, remember Poco? Mm-hmm. Uh, and his sister to tell him everything that transpired by showing him a picture of Dio and invoking his name. They told him that Dio turned the whole town into the living dead, and she continued to recount the Joestar history from the boat and Dio's coffin and the events on La Palma involving the Mothman, and we get a bunch of recap. Yeah, and Alejandro Torres. You didn't say that. Yeah, I was going to say, we get a bunch of recap from part one and recap from earlier George stuff that we learned about, including Alejandro and Dio being abusive and stuff. Mm -hmm. Fun. Yeah, they've done their homework, and then she's like, yo, I know about Lisa Lisa and how she went to, like, Rome to hang out with a squad of people who beat up those evils. 
and how she stayed with you in prison. And George was like, <laughs> <laughs> no one's supposed to know about that. Yeah. And Darlington reveals that following all those trails led Stephen to find the uh, Hamon warriors. And that he, she, that Darlington thinks that the actions he plans on taking will only lead to sadness and horror. She pleads with George for advice on what to do, and he tells her he'll reach out to Lisa Lisa for advice on the matter. Yeah, and she's like, no wonder you were never into me. You always had Lisa Lisa's way hotter. Yeah, she's hot and she's cool and she can do magic with her energies. <laughs> I thought you were going to say she's hot and she's cool and she can do math. <laughs> uh anyway uh as they were finishing talking darlington's fiance george's replacement uh william carnal card cardinal arrived Mm -hmm. as george left he requested as george left william requested he never come by again as he tends to be a bad influence here Good call. Mm-hmm. And George noticed that he, when he arrived, all the will and passion that Darlington had possessed was drained from her. Growing up. Mm-hmm. Stop mm-hmm-ing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not growing up. It's probably an abusive relationship. Oh. Yeah. Because she was all fiery and passionate about getting what she wants, and then William showed up and she, like, cowed because he was there, you know? Sad. Mm-hmm. Fuck George... Up. George reached out to Lisa Lisa after leaving, who stated that they already had plans. Oh, oh, oh. It's fine. Oh, I thought that was you. Okay. No, Craig died. Oh, uh, rip Craig. Who stated they already had pl- had leads on the motorizes and expressed her anxiety with the upcoming war and the role planes would have in it. <sighs> she sure I knows mean, about planes. Sure is about planes. Yeah, so shortly after those events, uh, the English Royal Flying Corps formed part of the uh, UK military, and George joined the Royal Navy Air Service. I helped train how to take care of and land new types of planes from aircraft carriers, specifically hydroplanes that could take off from and land on water. Crazy. And then George is like, yo, this is how World War One started. <laughs> <laughs> and I joined the war, scouting enemy ships and submarines. And he was like, ha. I'll never be hit by enemy ships. They all suck ass. And so he started loading up his plane full of bombs and just tossing them out of his cockpit onto German ships. And uh, one day, he and Jim Graham, his old friend, were flying a mission in separate planes, and an enemy plane showed up with machine guns and tore a hole in his plane and dropped Jim out of the sky, and George caught him. That's pretty poggers. By the way, as soon as World War One shit started, that's... We're, we're beyond where I've read now. <laughs> oh, 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 Jesus fucking Christ. Okay. Is, is that a bad thing? Are bad things about to start happening? Just go ahead. Okay. Uh, the dogfight continued. By the way, I want to point out, uh, grabbing a man fly, falling out of the sky with your plane, that's pretty fucking poggers. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's impressive. <laughs> George kind of cool. Uh, the dogfight continued as they managed to take out three trailing planes by lobbing bombs at them. Are they just throwing bombs out of the window? Yes, I don't think there's a... I think the, they're open cockpits at this point in time. Like, That's you know, like the red, crazy. You know, like Snoopy's plane? Yeah! It's like that. Is George Joestar the Red Baron? Yes. Okay. Good. 
Upon surveying the damage to the plane, they make they they aim to make an emergency landing in the North Sea. As a precaution, Jim looked away to drop all the bombs out. As he did, a, as he did, a creature like the ones described at the start of the chapter, little gremlin boys, appeared out on the f- front of the plane. <laughs> with petrol dripping down its chin, showing it was the cause of their low fuel supply. It's eating their plane! Uh-huh. It it spoke! <laughs> Telling George that he was going to die there, and that it was going to kill his family. Uh-huh. <laughs> it disappeared as they broke through the clouds they were in, but George managed to snap a picture. <laughs> Good for you. George, mm-hmm. to get your to get your iPhone 4? Yeah. And then, and then George turns around to Jim and he's like, yo, dude, did you fucking see that? <laughs> and Jim's like freaking out and clawing at his own throat. And he locks eyes with George and George is like, uh, what's, what's wrong? And then Jim grabs his own tongue and pulls himself inside out. <laughs> it's like half a page of viscerally describing him pulling out all his <laughs> organs and breaking his ribs and shit and just throwing guts out of the plane. It's tough who would have who would have thought that the start of world war one is the minor part of this chapter mm-hmm. <laughs> because holy shit yeah so disgusted and despairing george is like should i just let my plane crash and he's like fuck dying here Bad and he ass. makes an emergency landing in the north sea and when he turns back to jim who had been whispering for help somehow while ripping himself apart sure. uh george found him curled up and checked his pulse and he was Dead. Ah, uh, Jimothy, no. Yeah, rip Jimothy. Rip to a real one. <laughs> rip to a real Yeah, he definitely did rip himself apart. <laughs> Wait, so why did he do that? We don't know. He just looked panicked, and then he pulled his tongue so hard all his guts came out with it. Are we reading a story by H.P. Lovecraft? No. Because that is something that would happen. I mean, just you wait. Okay. Uh, George reflects on how his present situation adrift at sea is similar to what Arena and Lisa Lisa had endured so long ago. I mean, Lisa and Lisa was like an infant, so I don't know if it matters, but sure. He realizes then that he's confident that Lisa Lisa will find him and drifts off to sleep. When he awakens, he, f- he finds the motorizing, the Stevens plane, uh, descending toward his position. With Lisa Lisa and Steven inside... Lisa Lisa uses Hamon to jump down to George as the plane descends. She reveals that the Hamon master, Tom Petty! Tom Petty's back. Tom Petty! uh, Had used his precognitive powers to help locate George. Sure, that's what Hamon can do. Mm -hmm. And that he owed them... And that he owed him them help for his service. Yeah, George owed the Hamon master's help. Pronouns. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh... George becomes jealous that Stephen was close enough to Lisa Lisa to suddenly fly at her out, but Lisa Lisa kisses George on the cheek and assures him that he's the only man for her. Yeah, there are car noises happening. Oh, shit. My window's still open. I'm sorry. Let me fix. <laughs> Alright, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, so, are you back? Hello? Fixed. I did it, I did it, I did it. So, Lisa Lisa using Hamon is more like she, like, jumps and then just slides across the water. Like fucking Sonic the Hedgehog. Yo! Yeah. 
So George and Steven reunite, and Steven's like, I know what you're thinking, but I didn't kill Kenton. It was that little Spanish-speaking creature with no eyes. Oh, now uh, they're now they're speaking Spanish is the thing. Uh-huh. Well, uh, Faraday described it as a Spanish kid with no eyes, remember? Yeah, but Faraday didn't see these ones. No, it was one of these. They, they're described as looking the same. But, so, Faraday, Faraday so... Did, did Tsukumojuku kill Kenton? That wasn't Tsukumojuku. It was one of the gremlins. But they're speaking Spanish. Only uh-huh. Tsukumojuku can speak Spanish. So, yeah. Steven says that it was a Spanish-speaking creature with no eyes that killed Kenton, and it showed up when she was flying on days that it was cloudy or raining and taunted her in Spanish that she couldn't understand and would do things to her or the plane. Even though Steven was watching, he could never see it. George recalled the claw marks he'd seen on Motorizing 5 when he pulled it up out of the water, a fact that he'd forgotten and realized it was because of the creature, and not Steven, like he thought. Wait. Yeah. I'm confused about that last line. Oh, George remembered that there were claw marks on the plane. Mm Mm-hmm. What did George think it was before? Steven. George is stupid. Yeah. Why would Steven claw his own plane? He did shut up. Keep going. I know he didn't. Um, one day, the being had. Okay. One day, the being had made remarks about Jorge Joestar, George, mm-hmm. uh, which Kenton understood was George. Yes. Uh, she yelled at it, and once it, once she had, I'm sorry. I can't read. She yelled at it, and once she had it. I'm so sorry, Catherine. You can do it. I believe in your reading I'm comprehension. Sorry. She yelled at it, and once she had, it told her it told her firmly in English, you are going to die. The next day it was raining and her murder took place. Stephen recounts that he'd seen the creature standing over her, knife in hand, when he reached the cliffs. George brings up the, George brings up the plan to bring Kenton back to life. Steven says that he dropped <laughs> I'm Are sorry. Okay? No, it, it's it's not even it's not even the reading anymore. I'm just trying to comprehend what the fuck this means. You should have fucking read the chapter. Uh, what now? Uh, whatever. Steven says that he dropped that the plan to bring her back to life after Lisa Lisa showed him how horrific a real zombie is. Anyway. Right. So, so the the gremlin boy got the knife. Yes. Even though it has real sharp claws that it could have used. So it intentionally yep. framed George? Correct. Why? When they all entered motorizing, George began, uh, George, like, it was tight in the back, so George was forced to wrap his arms around Lisa Lisa, who uh, sat in his lap to fit in, and they both got really flustered. They discussed the rumors of the creature George had heard, and he recounts that it hadn't spoken to him to his knowledge, and that it was never reported to speak Spanish. The size and appearance of the creature vary, and George had heard of many cases, which made him believe that there was more than one gremlin, as they called the creature. They determined that the creature hadn't appeared until George moved to England in 1905, because the motorizers had been flying before that and had never seen it, and they determined that it had therefore chased after him from the Canary Islands. So there were gremlins on the Canary Islands too? Let me... Have we been missing something this whole time? 
Do you mind? I'm going to read another paragraph so that I can read the big reveal to you, okay? Okay, okay, yeah, so, you read. So, the Heaven Masters were waiting in France for them to return, and they took George, Stephen, and Lisa Lisa to their base. George asked them to develop the camera's film, and he was introduced to Tom Petty, who said okay. it was an honor to meet the son of Jonathan Joestar. Uh, Tom Petty describes how Jonathan had courage, and how George seems to have inherited the same trait. Finishing that conversation, George leaves and he contacts the army and is put in touch with Sir William Cardinal, who became the officer in charge of his unit as of that very day. So that's Darlington's fiance. Well, wait, no. Mm-hmm. She did say she he was going to the military, didn't she? Mm-hmm. Because he was a shitty poet. Mm-hmm. Stupid ass. Okay. William tells George that Jim Graham was a lot. Don't fucking do that. Mm-hmm. Jim Graham was alive. Jimothy ripped himself into pieces, and now he's back. Mm-hmm. And reported that George had instantly surrendered to the three German fighters, abandoning Jim when he fell into the sea and left on an enemy ship. Uh, he then accuses this. He then accuses this call of being George spying for the enemy. George then speaks with Jim on the line, who basically parrots Cardinal's story calling George a traitor and hanging up on him. So they, George didn't, that didn't happen. No, that's not what happened, but suspicious. What's going on? Why is Jim alive? Don't read the next paragraph. Let me read it to you. Okay, I'll stare at my waveforms. So Lisa Lisa brought the now-developed photo to George after this, who was still reeling from the phone call, and showed that it did in fact show the face of an eyeless child. A face Lisa Lisa points out that George knows. We better not be so Antonio Torres had become a zombie. No! Or at the very least, his discarded skin has. And, Lisa Lisa continues, if that skin had the same shedding power as the original Antonio, being able to fully shed once a year, and the shed skins had that same power, that would have resulted in exponential growth in numbers up to 16,384 Antonio zombies in the world. So, is that, yeah, that's, okay, um... So they're not gremlins, they're not zombies, they're skin boys. Yep, they're skin zombies, they're skin boy zombies. That's why they don't have eyes! Uh-huh. Fuck this shit! <laughs> so, yeah, so that's why that's why they all hate George and want to get revenge. And that's why they followed him from the Canary Islands. Uh-huh. I, so there's 60... Wait... 16,384. Okay, no, so it's been 14 I'll, years. I'll, I'll fucking ask more questions about the implications after we're done with this. Because we're almost done. The implication? Shut up. <laughs> Lisa Lisa then comments on how other pilots may not have seen the real Torres zombie, but may have instead conjured illusions due to their fear of the rumors. Human fear mixed with imagination, Lisa Lisa says, eventually gives birth to actual threats like the gorilla spider. Oh, like they saw in Rome. That guy. Mm-hmm. The big gorilla boy. Uh, and how the villagers in La Palma died by gathering and creating Mothman with their amplified fear, though it only manifested in drawings. So Mothman wasn't real. It was just they were all scared. Yep. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And the chapter closes with Lisa Lisa saying that humans have only just learned to fly, but now that they've created gremlins, I suppose from now on, anytime scared people are flying, they'll be attacked by an eyeless Antonio Torres. Ahaha. Amazing. And George fainted. (laughs) He got super scared. 
So it's just like collective subconscious fear. Yes. So, okay, 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 okay. So are zombies real? Yes. Because the George Joestar that we know in canon was a was a fighter pilot in the World War and eventually died to a zombie. Yes. Do you think he actually eventually died to an Antonio, Tor- Antonio Torres skin boy? Maybe. I think William Cardinal's a zombie. Because I think in canon, the zombie was his commanding officer. Oh, it was! Oh, shit! Mm-hmm. William Cardinal's gonna be the one that kills George! Yeah, and my assumption is that the skin gremlin possessed Jim Graham. By, like, either climbing inside of him or going over him or something. Uh, maybe it turned him inside out so that he wouldn't have any outside skin so he could be the outside skin. Exactly. You know what? What? There's actually things that that link together <laughs> in this chapter, and I'm fine with it. It makes sense, yeah. It's it Okay, that might be a stretch. Don't yeah. give it that much credit, but... It has, there was setup and there was payoff. Yeah, so what I think happened in Cliffs was that, like, Sukumojuku just appeared directly to George and that Faraday had let the Torres skin in. Okay. And that they were, like, separate events. So Faraday never actually saw Sukumojuku. Oh, that makes sense. But wait, why would it be, wait, didn't, did the one Faraday saw... Uh, wasn't it floating off the the ground? Maybe. What would that happen if it's just skin? No, 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 no. He didn't say it was floating off the ground. He just described it as an eyeless Spaniard child with a wide-brimmed hat. Um, George had saw Sukumachuku floating off the ground, but I don't think Faraday ever corroborated that. Okay, okay. Do I look at pictures? Yeah, no, but yeah, sure. Oh, we're gonna see the skin boys! Probably. have it open. Okay. I'm ready. The first picture is 21-year-old George Showstar. He's looking good. We talked about this last time. Undercut, looking fashionable, goggles for flying. Oh, the next picture, I think that's, yeah, that's Jim Graham with his plane. So yeah, you can see it's like those old bi-wing planes with the open cockpits and exposed engines. So they're effectively just throwing grenades out the fucking side. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, <laughs> that's goofy. <laughs> uh... Then more Jim Graham, I'm assuming, with lockbox. I think that's George with his camera. Oh, that makes that makes more sense. Yeah. Big old camera, ain't no iPhone four, and then plane fly. Plane flying. Oh, there's arena? Question mark. At least. Oh, that's Darlington. Uh, a lot of a lot of people in this art style look the same. Yeah. Oh, there's there's George being like the stone mask. Yo, oh, look at his old teefies. Nani no kotodai? Yeah. Do got teefies. <laughs> Up here's William Cardinal. He's shaking your hand. His nails are kind of pointy. I don't like him. Do you think he's actually Kira? No. Okay. And, oh, I don't like that. Let's see, let's see, let's see. It is... Darlington with, I'm uh... assuming, William Cardinal's hand on her shoulder, and she looks... Yeah. Hollow. She looks vacant. 
Yeah, she looks like she died in Dark Souls. Some <laughs> the fuck up. There's George being like, okay, bye. <laughs> and he gets fucking punched in the face. Oh, yeah, no, George, um, he had, like, so planes always had two people in them. So, like, somebody died in Jim Graham's plane that George couldn't save. And George's original navigator was like, I don't want to fly anymore. And George punched him in the face and That's bully. told him to get out of there. So that's what's happening there. The next picture is George dropping bombs on boats. Oh, they're not like grenades. They're like giant fucking cartoon round circle bombs. Yeah. Oh, and then the next picture is the dog fight starting. Pew, 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 bang. Oh, it's actually like manga laid out. Yeah, okay. Instead of book. And there's Jim Graham's plane cracking like an egg and George catching him. George is kind of freaking. George is making the funny one piece face. Yes. In that middle panel. It looks like Haha Luffy. But that's uh, pretty cool, though. Yeah. Then the next one is they threw some bombs back at the plane, and George shot it and made it blow up on the plane. That, that's... This is Mission Impossible oh, now. there's the gremlin. Ah! <laughs> it's laughing. It's going, hee-hee-hee-hee-hee. Why does it have hair? Why not? I, no, no. Then they had hair. Antonio <laughs> Torres ones. The next picture is Jim Graham pulling himself inside out. I don't like it. Don't look at it. Then it's Lisa Lisa jumping down to the water and using Hamon to zoom across to George. Yo, she is supersonic. <laughs> oh, Steven. Uh, Stad Steven. Looking like... <gasps> There's a lot of fucking ocean in this chapter. Yeah, I mean, it right. makes sense, but like, didn't have to really draw backgrounds, huh? Yeah, they're on the ocean a lot. Oh, there's Yo, it's Karapika Hunter Hunter. Kenton's back briefly. Oh. Uh, or that's Steven at the cliff. No, oh. that's Kenton. There's Tom Petty. Tom Petty? <laughs> Dude, you didn't tell me there are more gremlins in this chapter. Rude. <laughs> he was old. Uh, old phone. That's. Who was that? That's. Either Jim or William. I think that's William Cardinal. There's too many generic white dudes. What does that say? There's Lisa Lisa with the picture of a gremlin. (laughs) Yeah, there's Lisa Lisa with the gremlin picture. She loves it. She's smiling. Honestly, the gremlins are kind of a vibe. I kind of fuck with them. The next picture is very cool. The next picture is a... That's the 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 ape spider. The gorilla spider. That is the gorilla spider. Yeah, you're right. I, did, I don't think we saw it like that before. It's kind of a fucking nightmare. Yeah, and there's there's George fainting. Same. <gasps> Grimly. No. What? He's eyeless. He's a Spaniard. I think he's. I think this is foreshadowing that he's actually a gremlin. No, he just has funny fainting eyes. Mm. Oh, what's the next chapter? What's the next chapter called? Uh, no, I know it. It's Rhinoceros Beetle. Okay. Next chapter is called Rhinoceros Speed. On the first picture is Cars uh. sticking his fingers into Joji's head. I'm glad both the Georges are having a nightmare time now. It was kind of unfair when it was just Joji. Okay, so I have a bad habit of clicking through the first couple of pictures and not talking about it. You want to just go through two more? Just, just look at them, or three more? Just look at them for yourself. He's <laughs> he's yelling the whole time. He's going. Th- 
He's going Super Saiyan. He's being forced Jojo implications. He's becoming a Jojo. He's getting angry and muscular. Yeah. I think cars went inside of him. Don't spoil. I'm guessing. We'll find out next month because we're back. We're back on schedule. Baby. Back on schedule. Almost. Uh, no, we're on, fuck it, we're on schedule. And we still gotta record one more. Oh, yeah, we need to do a Patreon episode still. That'll yeah. be a thing. That will be, they'll both be out on New Year's Eve. Bye, everybody. See you next Goodbye, time. Bye, people.